Alrighty, welcome back to Adventure <laughs> Radio, guys. Here is a show today with comedian... Comedian? <laughs> comedian. <laughs> comedian. Where this is a long... This has been a long day for us. We've done a lot oh. of podcasting. Um, a, with comedian Adam Rosenbachs. Is it Rosenbach as in Johann Sebastian Bach or is it back as in... Oh, there's a pimple on my back. Um, it's... Yeah, Adam Rosenbach. Adam Rosen. As- <laughs> no, it's Adam not. Rosenbach. <laughs> um, so Adam Rosenbach. It was uh, it was a sick show. Had a ball yeah. talking to him. Talked about um, all the ins and outs of um, his his uh, grow. He's growing up in uh, in the comedy scene. How he goes about it. We just talked a whole heap of shit, but it was really yeah, funny and really fun. awesome. Totally had, had a great time. So um, you guys are gonna love it. Yep. The show is brought to you by. AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Also, guys, we're, uh, we're brought to you by AdventureFit Travel. Um, so check out AdventureFitTravel.com. With Audible, you're going uh, to get free, if you go to that link that I told you, you're going to get a free audiobook and a 30 day trial, with, uh, which is awesome. With AdventureFit Travel, you're going to get uh, head to that uh, website, our website there, and you'll find all your, uh, all your trips, all your mm. vlogs, all your podcasts, all your, uh, all your goodies from us. So there are two sponsors. Anything from you, Tommy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> uh, no, nothing from me. All right, sweet. Um, we're out from Pride Rock. Here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. Welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. We are sitting here with Adam Rosenbach. Rosie, he's a stand-up comedian from Australia. Before we swing to Rosie, I've got Tommy with me as usual. Just and playing we're some s- songs back in the background. <laughs> Let's start, start us <laughs> off with uh, Tommy's tribute. Cool. Alrighty, uh, Rosie, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks. Um, this is a cover of Under the Milky Way tonight. Um, I've always wanted to play this on the show and I haven't yet, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Sometimes when the crowd gets kind of empty Some of the lack of laughter there <laughs> I think about all the guys that couldn't save the sitch And that's why we've got Rosie on the show Adam's the man you go to when you're down. 
He'll turn this fucking frown upside down And I can't wait to banter with this man I was watching you last night on the can Rosie, welcome to the show Welcome aboard. Thank you. Haunting. <laughs> yeah, very haunting. Very haunting. And that was great. Thank you for that. Slightly erotic. <laughs> Slightly. The bit about the can was. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. Um, alrighty. So, Rosie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, mate? A um, bit of backstory. Who oh, are you? Man, I'm a, uh, a stand-up comedian. I've been doing stand-up for about 17 years now. Um Write for television shows. Uh, just comedy's my life, basically. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So what? Um, where did that all come from? What got you into comedy? I mean, as a kid, I always loved, you know, comedy shows and watching, you know, anything that was funny on the telly. And then when I was about 16, I reckon my dad took me to see Billy Connolly. Yep. And I just remember that was, I think he talked for like two and a half hours. <sighs> and that just blew my mind. And the people were losing their minds. Like the whole, I think it was at uh, Hamer Hall here in Victoria. And it was... Um, about two and a half thousand people just losing their shit yeah. the whole time. Mm. And just remember being blown away by that. And even at that like at that stage of my life, I knew I loved the idea of it, but I didn't think that that was something that was achievable mm-hmm. for, you know, me. And then, yeah, just uh, started doing sort of community radio and that's how I got into into radio, then into stand-up. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like the, um, the guy, like, it's kind of like the guy that's, not quite cut out to be a rock star. It's like the closest thing to being a, a rock star up on stage, having the two, two and a half thousand people laughing with you out yeah, of the, yeah. eating out of the palm of your hands. Would mm. you agree? Like there's a big draw to be up on that stage and really having that energy and everybody loving you and laughing along. Oh, and totally. It, it must it's, be a huge... A huge adrenaline rush. A huge rush, amazing. yeah. It's incredible. And you say like they're not rock and roll stars and, you know, I wouldn't put myself in that category, but... There are comedians now who do stadium tours. Yeah. You know, like, oh, uh, like Kevin Hart, I think, did Rod Laver Arena in yeah. Melbourne. And that's what they <laughs> do in the States. And you just kind of go, you always think that stand-up is like an intimate thing. Mm. You, know? you need to see the face of the person. But these are, you know, 12,000, 20,000 mm. arenas like in London and yeah. across the States. It's just completely changed. And I think the internet has made everyone more accessible. So people who like something, it's not like a niche thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. People sure. just go crazy for it. Do you ever get... Um, Someone says, you know, like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm a comedian. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah tell us a joke. Man, yeah. <laughs> so many times. What's your I'll, best joke? Yeah. yeah they'll be like, tell <laughs> us a joke. And I kind of, I don't do jokey jokes. Knock, knock. Yeah. Knock, knock. Fuck, Fuck off. Mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't do jokes like that. And uh, the, the worst one, though, is when they're like, um, oh, I've got a joke for you. Like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. And you don't want, don't want to hear it. And I don't have a really good fake laugh. So it's really obvious that I haven't yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Like, oh, no, it's that's like, great. like instantly great. someone walks up, hey, man, I've got a joke for you. Like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be friends with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Already, and, I hate you. And you know, like, you kind of know a lot of those old jokes. Even if you haven't heard it, you know yeah. the rhythm of it. You know where it's going. So you, you're about 30 seconds so in, you're like, oh, God, I know where this is going to you, know? yeah. you don't do that with anyone else no exactly yeah. right like yeah. you go up to a doctor and go oh you know I read this story about you know, an operation I read about you're like who cares yeah, yeah, you know? so well, give us a look at your wrist look, you said it's sore you want me to fix yeah, it yeah, yeah. I, I reckon I can fix it um, yeah cool so who started the um, you're talking about Kevin Hart who started the um, the the, the stand-up comedian superstardom was it like was it Eddie Murphy was one of the first guys or Richard Pryor before him or yeah I mean it's I guess through eras it was, and Eddie Murphy was obviously big, but they were playing theatres. So I think 
that was available to comedians all through that era, through the 70s, through the 80s in the States and stuff. But to get to stadiums, yeah, I reckon again, it might have been like even someone like Dane Cook, who was huge mm-hmm. on the college mm-hmm. circuit and took it to that next level of doing shows in the round. And, you know, probably even uh, Louis C.K. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, you know, huge up to, like, I'm not a super nerd about every comedian that's come through. Yeah. Mm. But I reckon, uh, I think it was, um, what's his name? Michael. Um, Jackson? Not quite. <laughs> I mean, he's very funny. <laughs> he's a funny guy. He's a very yeah. funny guy. No, there's a uh, Michael McIntyre in, in the UK who okay. started doing um, at uh, gigs at Wembley. Right. You know, and not many people do gigs at Wembley. Mm. I mean, you know, unless you're U2 or something like that. You know, you yeah, that's, just play football. That's, that's yeah, right. That's, yeah. um, so who were your, like, um, who were your comedy idols growing up? Who did you look at? You said Billy Connolly. Who did you look at and you're like, ah, oh, this guy's, he's, he's piss funny. Mm. In, in, uh, in Australia, I always loved He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never understood that. Yeah. I suppose if you are laughing and you wet yourself, that's pretty good, isn't it? I don't yeah. have anyone. There you go, that's right. But I, I just, the, I've never the term that hard, so. implies no, to me that it's like you look at piss and you're like, oh. yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> but then wouldn't it be like, wouldn't shit funny be funnier? <laughs> shit funny is a well, way funnier. That. Yeah. Yeah. We can use that. Yeah, we can use that. I've lost my shit. Guys, oh, welcome to Adventure Radio. We got the shit funny comedian Adam Rosenbach's on the show. That's funny. I suppose you do say I've lost my shit. Shit. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, it's all about the uh, bodily functions. In Australia, <laughs> I was a big juice fan funny. of. Um, I'd love to be juice funny. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I thought say it, say it, and no, I don't say it because no, we told it, we it. told so many dick jokes. In we had a um, gymnast on before, and we just kept talking. We just kept it wasn't saying, appropriate, but he wasn't laughing along. Right. You okay. just like keep talking about like s- static holds of like, <laughs> and we're like, yeah, what about your dick? <laughs> like, yeah. It just didn't make any sense. No, he's he's got to relax. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 that's okay. Um, so in Australia, I was a big fan of the D Generation. Okay. Which oh, was yeah, like yeah. the Late Show, and which became you know Fantastic. sort of Working Dog and yes. Mark, Mark Malloy. And those all, guys like, are great. Yeah, I was a huge fan of those guys. Uh, who else? And then like when I started getting into stand up, Dave Hughes was just starting to you mm-hmm. know hit his peak, and so you know he's a good friend of mine, and he's a like a great stand up, and always learn a lot from him, and. Yep. Uh, in terms worldwide, there's a comedian I love called Norm Macdonald, who's a Canadian who used to be on Saturday Night Live, and he's just so fucking edgy, and he got kicked off Saturday Night Live because he just wouldn't hold back. Mm. And I just love that. I love the darker kind of comedy and, you know, really edgy stuff that pushes the boundaries. Makes me laugh. Cool. Yeah. Have you ever had reactions from a crowd where it's like, oh, I've stepped the mark here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you, and you learn that really quick. In your early days, you kind of have no... Um, no real censorship about your stuff. You just go, oh, I'll just say it. And, you know, I think it's funny. But then you learn to read different audiences and you learn that some audiences can't handle the black stuff. Yeah. yeah. They see it as really literal. Mm. And so you can get away with one or two cheeky things if you do it. But if you constantly do it, you lose them and then you can't get them back. And yeah, it's true. So it, it's up to you. If you want to keep doing it, that's fine. But if you're happy to sit in a room of complete and utter silence, <laughs> yeah. then go for it. You know, do if you're cool with that. When you like, uh, when you talk about, um, losing a crowd mm. is it something that you you might even tailor a set so that you start off with with a certain um, a certain way of you know to of shaping your jokes and and then you start to you know filter in the dirtier stuff well, and the more controversial stuff or yeah you do you, you start off strong you, you want them on side so you want yeah. to try and win them over as quick as you can and mm. that way they go oh, yeah we trust this guy we know it can be funny for sure and they can be friendly um, if it's a, if it's your festival show you can be a little bit different about it because they're paid to come see you and yeah. you alone mm. so you're a bit more um i don't know I, you got a bit more freedom they're your fans yeah, yeah yeah and they've come to see you whereas if you're in a just a normal comedy room and you come out and you're really harsh 
and they go, oh, God, we're not into this. It's really hard to win them back because they'll mm. just kind of switch off and go, there's going to be someone else coming out. We'll probably like them more next or whatever. And if it's too dark, you just – the greater – I would say the general population are not into really dark black humour, yeah. the way that sort of you and your mates might be or stuff <laughs> that you can get away with. Like, you know, if anyone ever read – if they found your phone and read all your texts out, oh. So yeah, exactly, yeah, everyone would be in trouble. That, yeah. and, so, and that's the stuff that you can't really say on stage. Not that you would, but you might be able to drop one in and get like a bit of a ooh, but <laughs> if you keep doing it, it yeah, I reckon you're going to find yourself in trouble. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I live in fear of my phone being found. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, Maybe we all do. Yeah, I'm in a WhatsApp uh, group with some mates and it's like every now and again everyone's like, it's clear, it's, gonna, it's, yeah. time, for, it's time for a clean out. It's yeah. so true. It's just safer. Uh. So what is the um, what is the writing process actually look like? So for a stand up, for a stand up, do you like um, do you firstly two questions? Um, how long does that material kind of last? And do you write do you write an hour and then that's your show for a while? And is that yeah? So what will happen is uh, and it's kind of the, the process now. So the Melbourne International Comedy Festival is where I kind of aim for the new hour, mm-hmm. and that's in about March April. So I'll start writing about this time of year, which is August. Um, start jotting down ideas, um, anything that I see that I think's funny. Write it down, then start. I'll start fleshing it out a little bit. Then you start putting it out on stage because a lot of times when you're just writing on your laptop, it just gets very wordy. Yeah, mm. and it's not until you're out on stage and you're like, "Oh, you got to cut to the point." You know, there's way too many words in this, so you mm-hmm. start pairing stuff back. But that doesn't happen until you start saying it out loud, and then you build chunks together. And that the, probably the most difficult thing is you can when you're trying out new materials, you only get like 10, 15 minute blocks to do it, so you can't yeah. do it from start to finish. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Until towards the end, when you'll do a couple of trial shows, and even then, it's not until you're you know under the sort of cut and thrust of the lights of the opening night where you're like, all right, this is the first time I've done this from start to finish for an hour. Really. And then out of that hour, if you can get about half an hour that you can take around the circuit, because a lot of stuff that happens in a festival show, you can kind of set the scene a little bit more they're there for the, the for the whole journey you know you can have a bit of a story arc so you can call back to stuff that happened 25 minutes ago and go remember when i talked about that yep. whereas when you're in a, a comedy room and you've got 20 minutes you can't mm. yeah. so you just sort of trim the punch fat off that pull, line, out, yeah, pull out the best bit so if you can get half an hour out of an hour show you're doing pretty well yeah right yeah okay so um so that's kind of like uh that's your one hour that you'll you'll do that every year pretty much. And Try then, to, yeah. So yeah. so are you like uh you like seeing something on the TV and you're like, Oh, that's a funny concept, put it in your phone and then do you actually sit down at night and write in front of a cuter and like do you stand in front of a mirror and, and rehearse it yourself before you're trying to get a feel for it or No, but uh, one thing I have so I will I'll write it out on a on a computer and just sort of, you know, uh, try and add some extra jokes to it while I'm going. And another thing that is a sort of technique I taught myself recently was to start like walking around my house as though I'm on stage. Like mm. I never look at look at myself in the mirror because I just go, I don't give a fuck what I look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I'll walk around as though I'm on stage and it kind of gets you in that zone of yep. being Yes. Out there. Mm-hmm. So you're a bit more like, oh, okay, how would I make this work if I had to think of my feet right now and think of a joke? Mm-hmm. How would I do it? And that kind of has helped my writing process. And then what I'll do once it's all on the computer is I'll type it out and then uh, uh, so print it out and then go away, sit in a cafe and just hand write jokes and stuff out and try and flesh it out that way. Right. Just so you're not stuck at your desk and chain yeah, down and just get sure. away from it. Yeah. And the walking around, I suppose, because there's a lot of comedians that are very – 
You know, it's all about yeah, Robert Williams and yeah, but it's all about you know you're able to flow more, I suppose, and and get more yeah. into your gags if you mm. if you're actually using your body a lot more. I think so, yeah. And, and everyone has their own style too. You know, there's some. It's really weird. Like some comedians will stand in front of the microphone and not move. Right? Yeah, you know, they've got both hands free and they'll stand there. And I don't like doing that because, and this is really weird. I feel like the audience is staring at me. Yeah, and well, they're really in many ways they probably are. <laughs> but they are when I'm, they are when the microphone's out of your out of the mic stand. But I feel like my arm is like a barrier. When I'm holding the microphone. I just feel this kind of safety. Really? Yeah. But standing there in front of just a mic stand is just really claustrophobic. For me, kind awkward. Of. Yeah. It's yeah, just a, yeah. It's a weird thing. It's interesting. And you develop your own kind of styles as you go, and every, you know everyone's completely different, and you pick up little things from other people. You go, oh, that works really well. But I kind of work in like say a 10 meter radius I don't go too far left and right whereas mm. other comics will use a full width to the stage yeah, and just yeah. kind of go yeah that, that looks like fun so how much um, how much travelling do you do as a comic like are you are you international you do regional circuits in Victoria how's it work for you yeah uh, so after the comedy festival they do a thing called the road show so they take like five comics around regional Australia and you know there'll be one tour going in WA one in far north Queensland one through New South Victoria all that sort of thing all through different states so the last couple of years I did uh, far north Queensland yep. and then all sort of did all through Queensland, which was great. Was, and the thing with those, in they're kind of um, – they're regions that are starved for entertainment. So when you go up there, they come out, they love the show. Mm. You're in massive theatres. You're in like 1,500-seater theatres really? and stuff. Oh, they're fantastic. And these people – are out for a good night. So you just walk out and just his roar is immense. <laughs> probably so probably fantastic. Definitely a few oh. cans deep. Oh. Yeah, oh mate, these dudes oh, <laughs> these dudes in uh, where real bins. These dudes <laughs> yeah. these dudes in Mackay. So I was emceeing and I'd brought the first act on and I went out to get uh, beer from the from the uh, foyer and these guys had been cut off and kicked out. First act. So we're like twenty five minutes in and they'd already been cut off and then they see off. Yeah. What do you mean? From the bar and kicked oh, out. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, kicked right. out at the venue. This is 25 minutes into the show. Yeah. Gotcha. And they see me walk out and they're like, oh, you, you're that guy on stage. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just came to get a beer. And they're like, oh, yeah, we thought you were a faggot, but you're really funny. And I was like, I was like oh, my God, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Thank I was you. like, oh, God, I don't know what that means. Oh, so yeah. I was going to go backstage. Yeah. You should have oh. said, oh, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. I've been working really hard on that set. Yeah, give him a pass. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So, and internationally, I've done a few gigs, uh, like in London and stuff like that, but I haven't really um, pursued it. So, not heaps. Right. Yeah. Okay. Is that something you want to work towards doing the, the international? I'd love to. Yeah. If I had the right agent, I think it's really hard to get uh, solid gigs in the states. Like it's already hard. There's so many people over there that mm. you know they don't want to see some guy just swan in and take their spot. So I think if you're based in New York for a few months, it would be fantastic to just. You know, hit the circuit and just see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. cool. Have Absolutely. you got any? Yeah, any aspirations to do that? I know that was kind of nearly what you just asked, but like, is that actually well, on the radar? Or? Aspiration with goals. So I mean, that's fine. It's a different <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to do it. It's just uh, something that um, it, it's not on my radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. But ultimately, like, if you're successful enough over here, like Will Anderson does, it tours in the states for six months a year, and Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie Chang's just. Got hooked yeah. up with Ronnie the Daily Show, good. so yeah. he's great. Yeah. Mm. So he'll he'll kill it in the states now, you know, because he's got a profile over there, yeah, yep. which helps no end, you know, for sure. Yeah. So what about um? So going back to you kind of growing up as a comic and and finding your feet, yeah. Tell us a story about like um your first couple of times on stage and if if and what it felt like if you you know yeah. really the fucking bombed. The, yeah, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> 
So basically, because I did radio for three years before I did stand-up, so I got the confidence with my writing before I was on stage. So there's a real safety net when you're on radio because you're doing the jokes, you're doing it with a couple of people in a room, but there's no immediate audience. So mm. you can think to yourself, oh, yeah, I'm pretty funny. But <laughs> We the, think that all the time, but we suck. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're laughing at each other. The next to me who's pretty much paid to laugh, he's, yeah. uh, he reckons I'm hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that. <laughs> so I got that confidence with the writing. And then the next step was to get on stage. And I used to go to stand-up all the time because I loved it. And, yep. you know, I got to know a lot of comics and stuff. And they would be like, dude, you just got to get on stage. So I mm. entered Triple J's Raw competition, oh, yeah. which is their new comics comp. And I thought if I enter that, I can't back out of it. Yeah. And my first gig was at the Esplanade Hotel in St Kilda. Oh, yeah. And I had to do five minutes, right? And five minutes, minutes now. If I have to do five minutes, I'm thinking, how the fuck do I just do five minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then I was like, how the fuck do I do five minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the first gig, when I raced through it, it went amazingly well. Like, just huh? killed. Yeah. And it was just the best feeling I've ever had in my life. The relief, just the excitement was unbelievable. I was so proud. You know, I, I did the gig, was really happy with it. And then I had a gig booked again the next week, same room. Did exactly the same material and tanked. Really? Like, oh, so the everything audience. was the same. Was it the audience or? I reckon whenever you do new material, and I've found that like even doing it now, you have this uh, excitement that you'll never recapture, which is yeah. why oh. when you do it, you got to record it just so you know exactly how you said stuff, the excitement that you have in it, and just so you go, oh, this is how I repeat it. Mm. And I mustn't have had that energy. I must mm. maybe have gone because after the first one, I was like, "Oh, this stand-up is fucking easy." <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know what everyone whinges about. Yeah. And then the second one, I found out just a reality check was incredible. Wow. Had that been reversed, I don't know if I could have got up again if I tanked so heavily the first yes. one. So that first one gave me the the real taste of it and the bug. And then the second one, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I could do this." Mm. And, wow. Oh man, it was. And I remember even being halfway through, I'm like. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what are you actually thinking at the time? Like, how what, do you? What, how yeah. do you? I, I imagine shit, panic. I imagine yeah. every time you say a joke that you're like, "This one will get me out. Yeah. This one will get me out of the woods." Yeah, and, and you, then it, it snowballs probably. Well, you got you go you got nowhere to go because you got no other material to go to. Yeah. So yeah. It's not even like I'll go to my goal. It's like I'm yeah. putting it out there. <laughs> this is all I have. Um, oh, it's horrific. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, the worst. Particularly when you're starting out, like when you uh, – a lot of comedians you'll see they have it written on their hand, like when you're starting out, and they're always like, oh, should I do it? I'm like, yeah, do it. It doesn't matter. They know they're seeing new comics. Yep. It's not a big deal. But when you forget what the joke's supposed to be, <laughs> oh. and like five seconds feels like a minute. Yeah, it's just, sure. And you're just staring and you are just blank. Like you've oh. never seen anything so blank in your life. And it's just an horrific feeling. You're just like, oh, I have no idea <laughs> what this is. And, and everyone's there just going, come on, get it, find it, come find on. it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Rosie. Yeah, it's, oh man, it's horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. so, such a horrible feeling. How, how, like do you, how do you recover from something like that? You said the next time you went back on stage, what were you thinking? Uh, so, I mean, it just, it's just a real reality check. You're like, it's not easy. You need to, um, that's the other thing too is when, when you're, f- Make a mistake in your first first couple of years, you take it so personally. Mm. Like every bad gig you take home and you sit on it for days and stuff. And then mm. when you have a bad one, when you've been going for a while, you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe it was a shit audience. Maybe I was off that night. Yeah, but yeah. I'll move on. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah. I know this stuff works. a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you first start out, you, you just – it's it, it, it certainly cuts people away. Mm. Like Because it's a really hard thing to get through and to back up. But um, and that that kind of you know it 
it's sort of like that natural selection, you know. It just um, it just gets rid of people who just can't handle it. Yeah, right. which is a good thing because you can't have everyone who's ever gotten on stage sticking around. It's true. Mm. So it's just you know naturally get rid of people who can't handle it. But I just remember there must have been a turning point where I was just like, you know what, you're you're pretty good at it. You're getting regular gigs. If you have a bad one, just move on with it. And yeah. you know you do enough gigs now that you can. Forget about it. Like, if you had, like, ten shockers in a row, you'd be like, fuck. I'm not funny. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Particularly with new material, when you try that out, and if it doesn't work a few times in a row, you really start to lose confidence yeah. in that material. It's really weird about new material is if you throw out a bit for the first time and it works, you will not let it go, right? You'll hang on to it for dear life, whereas... If you throw out a bit for the first time and it doesn't work very well, you'll give it like maybe one, two more goes. And if it doesn't go very well, you'll get rid of it. But you'll always have in your memory that the, the one that worked the first time, you never want to let go because you're like, oh, no, it's really good. But mm, yeah. maybe you just got lucky. Yeah, that, that energy you that you were talking about. Yeah. Where everything's funny because yeah. you're just so up and about. Yeah, yeah. whereas right. if it doesn't go well and you're like, well, maybe I didn't have that energy, but next time I will. So it, it's a really such a fine line of trying to hang on to something mm. that might not work. And then other times you'll have things that you're like, there's something in there, but I can't crack it. Mm. And you just go, oh, I've got to drop it. I, yeah. I, I'm trying, but it's just not working. It also sounds like, I mean, if something's not funny, it also sounds like it's a really personally devastating. I mean, <laughs> for, for, for Bill and I, you know, we make shocking jokes. Yeah, it's not yeah. funny at all, but to us it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I just can't imagine being on stage, <laughs> saying a joke that I think is hilarious and no one laughing. I'm like, uh, dude, what the fuck? This is, I'm fu- this is funny. So what's good about yeah. podcasting? We've bombed, I, I swear to God, <laughs> we've bombed so many times but we don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can't dude. see people deleting you from <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Our downloads yeah. have actually slowed down the last three days, so oh. you might have to go and look but into that. Do you, do, you, do you sort of get to that? It's just like I'm, I'm, you're so passionate about something, you just want to, you yeah, know. That- absolutely. And there'll be jokes in – if it's in a festival show, you can afford to have a joke that you like that no one else really likes. You might get a couple of people who are onto it. And you just go, that's all right, that was for me. Yeah, yeah, if it's in yeah. your set every time, you just got to go, i, I got to cut this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because you've been – essentially, it's your job. You've been paid to perform. Yeah. And if you've got a lot of bits that, you know, are for you that's not working, you go, maybe I need to get rid of those. Yeah, you know? it's not really about you, is it really? Well, it's no, about you've been the paid. people that are paid to yeah. paying to, for the service, really, mm. that's what you're providing. Yeah. Um, hey, what boy. about the, the good jokes? You're talking about getting rid of the bad jokes. What about when you, when you have to move on every year from this set? Is that like, um, is that like divorcing your children? It's your ha- best jokes, you know? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a really <laughs> weird thing because... Um, I don't know how many people divorce their children. Oh, that's what I, was yeah, yeah. I was wondering if anyone I saw Tom look. I was wondering if anyone was going to go there. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know when you get sick of your kids? Oh, yeah. You yeah. divorce them. Well, you know, when you, you know, of course, after you've married them. After you've married yeah, them, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's right, yeah. that's the normal part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the sexy part. My daughter's hot. That's the fun time. So. Um, <laughs> that's the fun. It's always hard to let it go, but you know that you can do it in your uh, stand on the circuit. So... But it's just one of those things is you don't want to you don't want the audience coming back. They've paid good money to see a repeat of stuff. You might drop in a joke or two that you go, oh fuck, I've I've added to that and made it better. But if it's just the same, if it, if someone sees the same show year after year, mm, they'll yeah. be pretty pissed off because they've wasted money. It's like, like your real fans. Yeah, if you've changed yeah. the name of the, if it's the same show, if it's mm. the same name, fine, they yes. understand what they're getting. But if you've given a different name and then it's you know, it's still the Hangover. Yeah. Mm. Then you know you, you just go yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a cheat you know and you can understand why people get disappointed by that it's their hard earned money they've chosen you over someone else so yeah for sure and that will probably burn them for a couple of years I would imagine yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so what about um what about when you're on stage 
you're not bombing, but you're getting hecklers. Like that must happen a lot. What happened? Yeah. How do you how do you address those guys? I've got to say about this as well. Hecklers are kind of engaged, particularly if you're at a club night. You just because a lot of time people have had a few. They're with their mates. I think, oh, this is going to be good, and they'll <laughs> yell something out. And then you be like, what was that? And a lot of times, what will happen is the comedian. Firstly, I haven't heard it because I've been talking. Yep. So I've with the uh, the microphone on and the and the speakers coming through. All you hear is a noise. Yeah. And secondly, you can't exactly see where it's come from because when you're on stage and the lights on you, it's really dark out yeah, there. It's yeah. like, what did you fucking? Yeah. Do? So you can see the first maybe couple of rows, and you know like where it's come from, but you can't see who it's come yeah. from. So a lot of times you'd be like, what was that? Because it might be something you can have some fun with. Yeah. And that's when they'll be like, oh fuck. He's come back to me and then people won't say anything. You're like, oh, you don't want to chat now. You yeah. know, so you sort of shut them down like that. Or if they do want to chat, you just give them enough, right? Because sometimes people are that pissed. Yeah. yeah. And you keep asking them questions and then everyone around them is just like, mate, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you put it on other people because if you turn on them, there's a really fine line again of being like a school teacher. It'd be like, can you guys shut up? And everyone's like, ooh, can't handle it. Yeah, you know? and you lose them. Yeah, and you do lose them. So you just give it to them and let everyone else tell them to mm. shut up. And that way you get everyone on side and it's fine. And was it something that you had pre- prepared for or was it just the first heckling experience? You're like, oh, shit, I've got to get yeah, on this now. Yeah, it's weird too because sometimes uh, when you when you prepare for it, and I, I kind of don't. I, I don't have any of those shutdown lines that people have. Yeah. But if you prepare for it, you might over, you might go too hard for uh, something. Someone might just yell out, you know, I really like your shirt. And you go, you know, <laughs> get fucked, idiot. Yeah, yeah. Fuck your mum. Hey, marry your daughter. Stuff like that. I saw a guy, and uh, yeah, uh, even though we're divorced. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I married my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I saw Yuzi do it once, actually, yeah. to a heckler. We were down at um, Rye Pub, yeah. which I grew up on the peninsula, St. Andrews Beach. So you can imagine Rye Pub, like it's a pretty, yeah, yeah. some loose loose crew. And I, I was um, I was a tradie at the time. And I went down there with a bunch of, we had a big table. And I worked with a guy named Nath. And he was just like, just a real Aussie bloke, drinks a shitload of Jack Daniels. Yeah. One of those kind of guys, smokes a pack of days. He goes, oh. and he was just, um, don't know what he was saying, but he was drunk out of his mind. And he was just, he started into Husey. And Husey, we were right up close and personal, and there was probably not, I don't think there was light in Husey. Yeah, he could right. see so Nath pretty. Yeah. yeah, so, and he engaged with Nath, and he just started ripping on Nath, and Nath started laughing, and he started giving it back to Husey, but he could tell Nath, um, he could tell how Nath was going, how he was reacting to it, yeah. and he kind of made it a real highlight of the show. Yeah, for yeah. Nath, specifically, because he <laughs> yeah, could sure. go, oh, fucking, you know, yeah. but also. Everyone else was having a great time. So I suppose there's always horses for courses. And he, ha, Husey handed it really, really well yeah. on that, in that particular instance for sure. And I think most times you, you try and make it fun because that's what you're there for. Yeah. You know, you, you hang a bit of shit. His mates love it. He loves it because he's the center of attention. It's just when it, you might there might be that fine line or someone who you know might be a guy who's happy to have a bit of fun and then mm. you take that one step too far and he's like, Richards I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, fuck. He took it five steps too far. Yes, that, that was insane. But I, yeah. I remember when I started out and that <clears throat> the one thing I always say to uh, new comics is go and watch a lot of comedy so mm. you see other people make the mistakes that you don't have to. Yep. And I saw this guy <laughs> when I was starting out and he had a heckle put down. He's like... I don't come down to where you work and order a McFuckwit, right? But he, <laughs> That's not bad, though. But he had it preconceived, ready to go no matter what happened. Now, there was a thing... Uh, That's really funny. Yeah, at the ESPY in the early days called reverse heckling, where it's like, if you weren't going very well, they'd tell people to yell out, you know, really like the premise or nice try or, you know, they'd be 
They'd be kind mm. of encouraging without putting you down, even though you're bombing, right? Yeah. So someone yelled out, you know, really like your shirt. You know, it was a yeah. reverse heckle. And he has just come back with that. Oh, no, I don't come down to where you work and order it. Fuck with. And I was like, mate. And he lost the audience after that because it was just so over the top for what was said. For mm. sure. You've just got to read, you've got to read the room. Mm. Now, uh, my mum inadvertently heckled you. Apparently, really? yeah. Apparently, you were doing a show here yeah. in, in Melbourne. Yeah. You, you, know, you know my mum. She doesn't work in McDonald's yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't work in McDonald's anymore. Yeah, that's so right. you can't use that one. Yeah, but she's a McFucker. Nah, nah, she's listening to the show. She's a lovely lady. Um, <laughs> she does listen to every she show. She does listen to every show. Um, now you were you were making a, a where was I performing? Oh, I can't remember. It was in Melbourne. Um, I can't remember. She she didn't tell me, but she uh, you were doing a um, something on. Anaphylactic response. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, so I'm anaphylactic. Yeah. yeah, so am I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, we should have an EpiPen set. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> have you um, used it? Yeah, yeah. Have you used? It? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's barley. insane, isn't it? Yeah, it's it good fun. Yeah, yeah. I actually sold an EpiPen. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, mum doesn't know, but um, yeah, I sold an EpiPen at a club once for a couple of bucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just pure adrenaline. Yeah, so yeah. I was. Hey, at he a was club. at a club. How much did you sell for? Forty bucks. Forty. Forty bucks. Yeah. I broke. I would have bought you two pingers. Well. <laughs> right. I won't go into that um, But apparently she was sitting in the front row yeah. And she just made the connection between myself and you With the anaphylaxis And she oh, started right. nodding a ton yeah. and, and you looked at her and you were like I've never had someone agree so much at me Do you remember this? I think it was in my comedy festival show Yeah, that's that's right It was the comedy festival yeah, show Yeah, yeah at, uh, In Acme at Fed Square Yeah, yeah And she, um, she wanted me to bring up the anaphylaxis So uh, high five for anaphylaxis yeah, <laughs> So what are, you, what are you allergic to? All nuts yeah, All right. nuts, yeah. What are you allergic to? Yeah, no, I can eat almonds now, I discovered, yep. and I think I can eat pine nuts, but the rest of it... Peanuts? Nah, no fuck good. No, no, How no. bad are peanuts? <laughs> no, they're the worst for me. They uh, they send me off. Yeah. Oh. But I I mean, you know, I'm pretty, pretty lax. Like, not lax as in eating them and stuff, but mm. uh, I was at a friend's uh, 40th a few years ago and ate something that was cooked in peanut oil, which is fucking concentrate for no us. Good. And so I was straight to hospital, rang, you know, rang an ambulance and they, they took me to the hospital and... So I was kind of, I knew I was okay. I'd been in the hospital for about three hours. A doctor came in and he said, look, you've stabilised, but we want to keep you in for another few hours. Observation. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And when you go into the hospital, they hook you up to a computer system. So they have all the uh, ECG things on your chest and the, the blood pressure thing around your arm and the pulsing on your finger. And you can see all your vital signs on a computer screen, right? And so my battery on my phone had died. So I was a little bit bored in there. And I'm looking at the computer screen. And I just think to myself, it's like, I wonder what will happen if I hold my breath. <laughs> right. So I hold my breath. And after about 30 seconds, everything, like uh, the blood pressure plummets, the oxygen levels drop off, the little heart rate beep, beep thing gets like shallower and shallower and shallower. Yeah. And then after about a minute, right, way before I thought I was dead, it just, it flatlines. Right, so it must project that you're going downhill, so it hits into emergency. Right, so mm-hmm. flat lines just goes, <laughs> and all these alarms start going off, and I'm just like, oh fucking hell, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> so people come running in from everywhere, and there's all nurses and stuff, and they run into my ward, and I'm just sitting up, just watching everyone come running towards me. Right, and there's nurses at the front, and she just kind of can't work out what's going on. She just goes, what happened? And I was so embarrassed by what I've done. I just go, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're anaphylactic and you're in a hospital, don't, don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're shit. a wonder of, wonder of modern science. Yeah. The yeah, guy died and you came here just oh, chilling. He just smokes me when he died. But I had, to go, I had to go to hospital in Bali. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in uh, Dempasar. That's always oh, a that, harrowing they experience. They put nuts in everything, don't they? Not Mate. even the food. I mean, there's a lot of nuts walking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I ate a chip. Uh, I, what I thought looked like a chip this after a wedding, and uh, 
On one side, it looked like a normal chip, and on the other side, it was like a nut factory. It was covered in peanuts, oh. and I ate that. And uh, yeah, I was in, I was in real trouble. That's when yeah. I had the two epipens. Oh, I just, yeah, I, I, that was scary. Have that you was ever, really scary. have you ever eaten like some something with nuts in it and gone, this actually tastes amazing? No, nah, see, I don't like the taste. Yeah. I think because when I was a kid and I ate it and I knew that it made me feel sick. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, don't you miss peanut butter? I'm like, not at all. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. No affiliation. I get it. like a little shiver from it, but I remember like this, this oh. it was like 2013, November. So it was Melbourne Cup night. Yeah. I came home and I was relatively pissed. Yeah. And um, mum and made these like little sausage roll things. And because we'd all got sober complacent about it because, you know, I just, I just vomit every time I ate nuts. I wasn't anaphylactic um, since I was like two years old. So I came home. I was like, "Oh, I need some fucking food." You know, found these sausage rolls. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And um, I said, "Hey, mum, what's in these uh, sausage rolls? It's they're really nice." She goes, uh, "Oh, no, no, don't eat those. There's this. They're full of nuts." <laughs> I said, you, "You know how you tell me." Yeah. So seven minutes later, the face is swollen up. New Facebook profile picture. Three <laughs> days in hospital. Three Just days. Straight away, three days because I had three. I had two. Uh, I had two attacks after that because I've got asthma as well. Yeah, so it just yeah, becomes. Same. Yeah, I reckon there's a connection. Oh, there must be a connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with your puppets in every yeah, 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 yeah. right. Hey, bubbles. loser! Yeah, yeah. Hey, square! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's not. It's not a life. It sucks. <laughs> but the most cases of anaphylaxis in Australia. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? No idea. And I don't know what it is we do to the food, but uh, it'd be great if someone could get to the bottom of it. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's weird, it sucks it? for us. And I accidentally found out I could eat almonds because I ate. Someone had a cake at work one day and I was like, what is that? And they're mm. like, oh my God, it's almond meal. And I was like, no, it's okay. I, like I didn't know the taste, but it didn't do anything and yeah, I can eat them. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. So Are you allergic exciting. to anything, Bill? Nah, I'm good to go. Yep. Just a good time. Having yeah. good times, yep. Mm. Good yeah, times. Yeah, hey, yeah. Um, do you want to, should we go some good, the bad and the science? Some GBS. And then we'll uh, get some, some, uh, some change in the parking meter. Change in the parking <laughs> yeah, meter. <laughs> yeah, wait. Alrighty, so uh, like uh, Doco said before, mate, um, something good that's happened in the week, something bad, and then something sciencey. Cool. Just to uh, change it up. So the good Olympic swimmer flips off dad before every race. Apparently, it was his dad's idea. For a guy who spends a lot of time in the water, Canadian swimmer Santo Condorelli is getting known for his birds. Not the flying kind, but the kind you flip at other people. Ha ha. <laughs> before every race, Condorelli, who's age 21, flashes the middle finger at his dad. You know this one. Now, my question to you guys is, if you could flip one person off before a race or, or before a comedy festival, who would it be and, uh, and, and why would it be that person? Apart from my mum. She's, uh, she's yeah, a lovely yeah, lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, wouldn't it be good to give Tony Abbott the bird? Oh. Like, so we could see it. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Just really right up. Because he'd probably be racing next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the red speedos. He's <laughs> like, oh, mate, how's this? Um, Do you think the bird is that bad, though? Like, oh, it's not that bad, nah, really. You really. Know, when you get angry in the car, you're just like, I, I just yell shit out. I'd really give the bird. Yeah. You just go, what are you doing? It's isn't just it a uh, finger. Isn't it funny, the, the things that we do, like... Yeah, yeah, that's thumbs right. Up. Thumbs yeah, up. Thumbs like, up. Oh, he likes me. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. He likes yeah. me. Well, you know why people put the right hand out, don't you? It's because back in uh, back in like the Western times, people would show their right hand to show that they weren't having, sure they didn't have any yeah. guns, no yeah. guns. So you put your right hand. So maybe Stab like them with the left. Yeah, yeah. yeah just go bang. <laughs> so like maybe um, maybe flipping the bird was something like, hey, you're not jumping on this. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> There's me bombing. <laughs> uh, Rosie, the comedian, yeah. could have looked out for one of his, one, right. of his one of his, you know, yeah. could, have, could have given a no, 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 courtesy gag. I was intrigued. I was intrigued. Was intrigued. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, we'll, we'll forget let's that. How we, let's see how we, <laughs> see how we back to that. No, so what you're saying is, you're saying you're not jumping on that. So with all your mates, you yeah. just, yeah, well, you we, just knuckle down. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is how much I like my boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, uh, if you can stick around, what was the word we uh, we came up in the last show? Oh, the knuckle, knuckle jerk. No, no, it wasn't knuckle no, it jerk. <laughs> anyway, it was, another, it was another. It was another anus na- knuckle yeah, um, reference. Some, something about the hamal. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. What do you got next, mate? Oh, I'm giggling. I'm like a little schoolgirl here. All right, the bad. So, Airlander Ten, the world's longest aircraft, nicknamed the Flying Bum. The world's longest aircraft was brought out of its hangar in England over the weekend. But the first thing people most noticed about the Airlander 10, besides its enormous side, was that it looked like a huge ass, a huge hamal, a huge hamatz <laughs> 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 manalov. And um, look, there's nothing to add. I sort of bring that up. <laughs> That's bizarre, isn't it? Have you got a picture there? I I have, yes, I, have, I do have a picture. I, I always lose it when you say hamal. <laughs> Look at this. This is I have bizarre. It. It's like one of those people with weird chins. Yeah, yeah it's exactly <laughs> yeah. like someone with a bizarre chin. Look at that. It's so strange. Look at that. It does it's look a, like it an is ass. a giant ass. It's a giant ass. <laughs> oh. so, it looks like an old kind of Zeppelin sort of thing. I thought we gave up on those after the Hindenburg. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just don't understand how... double cheek Zeppelin. How it can be so efficient. Like, this is the coolest new aircraft, and it looks like a Hamal. <laughs> he hates it when I say Hamal. It's bizarre. It's bizarre, but I'm going to have to look into it a little bit more. We'll move on. Let's uh, let's get into the science now. Okay, this has gone on a slightly more serious uh, serious note. Are you a man of conspiracy theories? Uh, not overly, no. Okay, so but you are. I, I am yeah, a little yeah. uh, conspiracy. You brought that up in our emails. I did too. That's yeah. right. Yes. So uh, I thought I'd bring up the moon landing. Um, this is a strange fact about the moon landing, and then we'll uh, talk about some stuff. So after. do you think the moon landing happened? Oh, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I know Joe Rogan 100% does not believe in him. Okay. And he's he's got a ton of stuff to back it up. There's a there's a lot of stuff where I just try to look at both sides. So yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I try to, you know, make sure I look at what I've learned from the media and yeah. what, you know, main sites tell me and then maybe what other things, okay. what other people say. Who killed JFK? JFK, I believe, was killed accidentally by one of his bodyguards who set off a gun accidentally and shot him. Bang. How's that? Really? Now, why yeah. would they blame it on... Because that bodyguard would just be the most hated person well, on the planet. Well, without planet. looking into it too much, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, yeah. He was just spinning the gun on the side. <laughs> yeah, of the that's right. And no one's picked up on that. And then they just grabbed this poor bloke <laughs> yeah, off the street. Hey, yeah. mate, you're... Um, yeah, this guy yeah. in the library. Hey, mate. Yeah. With you a want to see something really yeah. cool? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. But, uh, okay. You would expect that when NASA asks you to be the first man to walk on the moon, that they would consider the possibility of things going terribly wrong. Well, for Neil Armstrong, he couldn't afford the life insurance policy for an astronaut. However, along with Michael Collins and Buzz Aldrin, he wasn't alone. All three astronauts of the Apollo 11 mission decided to create a plan of their own to support their families if something bad was to happen. So, before the Apollo 11 mission in uh, July 1969, when uh, all three astronauts were in pre-launch quarantine, they signed hundreds and hundreds of autographs and sent them to an entrusted friend who was then... Send so what did he do? So yeah, then he sent them to autograph memorabilia to each of the astronauts' families, so that way they could make some sort yeah, right. of money if uh, if it all went pear shaped. Guys blown up in space, pretty yeah. much, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Cool. And um, I guess my question to you guys would be, how much do you think your signature is worth? <laughs> uh, I don't mind. Mine's four eighty nine, literally. What would mine be worth? <laughs> like sweet fuck all. Yeah. I'd, oh, give yours, you, yours. I'd give you a can of Pepsi for it. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't like Pepsi. So no. <laughs> no, good. Um, I think signatures in general are worth zero dollars and zero cents mm. across so the board. Why really? do kids always yeah, want to get? Just, I don't. I don't really. It's another thing with like, if I've had, see, we take a, it's like a photograph. Mm-hmm. You know, see, you see people 
Well, that, um, that that's superseded, hasn't it? Everyone's in the selfie. You don't yep. get an autograph yeah. anymore. Yeah, but even like even a selfie, like say for example, I was a big fan of yours, Rosie, and I was walking down the street. I'm like, uh, right, yeah, that Rosenbach. Let's yeah. let's let's get it. Can we get a photo? Yeah. It's very unless I just feel like unless you've had some co- some kind of interaction with that person, the photos for me it's very useless. Yep. Like I I went to the health and fitness expo and the signatures are the same. To me, yep. it doesn't it doesn't give me yeah. anything that that Michael Jordan has put a pen on this on this bit of yeah. art. You know, it doesn't it doesn't add to my life personally. Mm. Um, and it's like yeah, the photo thing's a little bit the same with me. I just don't get it. But having said that, I went to the health and fitness expo a couple of years ago, and my mate was getting photos of everyone. Yep. And he just got. Um, burnt by Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman's the yeah, Mr. Yeah. Olympia. Mr. Olympia. Um, we went up. Truzzy goes, uh, he walks up to Ronnie Coleman and said, hey, Ronnie, hey, can I get a photo, man? And Ronnie literally looks at him and goes, yeah, yeah, okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. And Truzzy's looked at me instantly like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I had this um, thousand, thousand pound dumbbell, like a blow up fake dumbbell. Yeah. And I said, hey, Ronnie, why don't you grab that and put it up above your head? You know, like Ronnie Coleman, yeah, thousand yeah. pounds. And he goes, looks at me and goes, no, man. Really? Yeah. So Truzzy, so I'm like, what the fuck? So Truzzy took the photo with Ronnie Coleman, like arm around him, just going, yeah. have a look at this jerk. But he anyway, would cop that a lot, surely. He would. It was the end of the day, whatever. But <laughs> but that happened like, it was a little bit like that with like about, he took about four photos, Truzzy mm-hmm. with like some famous people. And then we walked up to um, Thor, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, right? yeah. And he was in the in the back of the strongman um, yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. And he'd just done his workout. And we're like, hey, Thor, great work, man. How's it going? He goes, boys, come inside. Have a chat. Come and come inside. So we walked in there. Anyway, shook his hand, started chatting. We had about a 20-minute conversation with him. And he was the best bloke you'll ever meet. Just yeah. a ripper bloke. Truzzy says, hey, can you get a photo with me and Thor? We had another mate. He jumped in the photo with me and Thor. With him and Thor. And then we'll walk away. I said... Nah, fuck it. I'm getting a photo with Thor. I'm going to get a photo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I genuinely felt like I'd had a good interaction yeah, yeah, with him. Yeah. But otherwise, to me, it's very, very useless. And the same as the signature thing. Well, I think the signature more so than the photo. I don't know. Do you have the same sort of... Oh, no. I, I mean, I think the signature in terms of... Uh, to mark a historic moment. Like, if you could get, like, a, a signed bottle by Lance Armstrong, a bottle of his piss... <laughs> You know, something like that is worth a lot of money. Yeah, like if you autograph that, that's gonna be worth a shitload. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, imagine his dick if you autograph his dick. And- yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'd, I'd Senate one. Frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just drink his piss and go straight to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd be pretty good. 14 kilos yeah. of muscle. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be anaphylactic anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's that's right. well. <clears throat> Yeah, that one. well, maybe I would. There's only one in there. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's why I mean an autograph to something that is special, in you know, through history mm. is kind of yeah. worth a bit more than you getting a photograph, a photograph next to it, I suppose. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I, do, a, I agree with that. See, to some extent. For me, it's just like, yeah, you know when you buy the, the frames, there's $800 of a frame mm. of, you know, whatever you like. But you weren't there, know. though. Like, I think what you're saying adds, if, correct me if I'm wrong, is like if you got a signature from someone with like a little personal note or something to oh, show that you were, huge. yeah, like, like if oh, you like were the, like really the, there at the baseball, you just hit the yeah. the home run or whatever. That's yeah, and then old mate Michael Jordan like, comes you know, to you and that, says, "Hey, keep on playing, Tommy." You know, yeah, sign, yeah. as opposed to just buying like a picture. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, all cool. those ones you see where it's you know, it's not even a signature or they've just signed a thousand of them. Yeah, yeah. Or, like just a line. But yeah, yeah, just a line. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? That was the that was it. That was the the GBS. Welcome back to... Oh, hang on. Keep recording. Keep recording. <laughs> hey, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, this is the outro to the first part of Adam Rosenbach's. Yes. I believe. Yeah. Just after Good Bad and the Science. 
Hey guys, stick around. We actually get into some um, some really cool stuff after as well. So don't want to miss part two. This part one of Adventure Fit Radio was brought to you by Audible. So please jump onto audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF Radio to get your fix of daily information there. We are also sponsored by Adventure Fit Travel. Jump onto the website, guys. The show notes can be found on the podcast link. And please sign up for the mailing list so you can... Keep up to date with what myself and Bilbo Baggins are doing. And guys, as always, many trips coming up on that one. So stay tuned and we'll be potentially dropping a new one soon. Bye for now.